something to say. Hello everybody, how are you doing? My name is Charlie, you might know me better as Sci-Fi Fantasy Writer C.E. Dorset, and it's a blue day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're pushing on, we're getting stuff done, and we're talking to the world, and that's what the, this podcast is for. I actually wanted to talk to you all today about fantasy fiction, world building, and this marvelous thing called the interwebs. <laughs> yeah, the internet. So... <clears throat> And this is one of the places that I struggle most with my fiction, and I haven't quite found the way forward. So in developing my fiction and developing the worlds that I write in, I do develop a lot of ancillary content about the places, the peoples, the cultures, the languages, the animals, the ecology, the plants, and so on and so forth, right? And that's one of the reasons why I love science fiction and fantasy so much is all of the rich details that go into making the worlds and how that affects the stories and the characters that come out of them. And reach rich world building is something that I tend to look for in the fiction that I read and watch. And even when it's really clumsily done, I, I find it very interesting to watch to see what they were trying to do and see if there's any discernible brilliance in what they're doing. I use that word intentional. I'm talking about bright. Like, it, there's part of me that hopes that they do go forward with the sequels and actually do flesh out the world. I think there's a seed of an interesting possible idea there. They just... I don't know if it was rushed into production or if they weren't as familiar with fantasy fiction as they thought they were and just thought, hmm, nailed it and <laughs> moved on. I am not quite sure, but I, I think there is something interesting that you can do in a setting like that, but they didn't quite get it right. And it's a shame because I think that there is a niche for fiction like that, that is trying to bring fantasy elements into the modern world. I mean, I'm, and I'm not just talking about urban fantasy. They were trying to do an epic fantasy story in a modern era. And you don't see so much of that. At least I don't. Um, if you actually know of anybody who pulled it off really, really well, please leave me a comment and let me know. I'd love to check that out. But I think it's an interesting idea that they were reaching for. I'm just not sure both how much effort they put into doing the reach and whether or not they're even going to try to get there in the end. I think they put a lot more work into the soundtrack. Soundtrack for Bright. <laughs> Broken People by Rag and Bone Men is one of the best songs I've heard in a while. It's a great song. But Rag and Bone Men does great songs. So I don't expect less of him. And so as I sit here, kind of looking at my copy of The Silmarillion and Quidditch Through the Ages and waiting for my copy of A History of Magic. Is it going to be called Magic? I think she's got History of um, you know, It makes me wonder. You know, these are the books that I really enjoy. I mean, The Tales of Beetle the Bard. I didn't need to read them to get anything more out of 
the Harry Potter series, but it they help immerse me more into the setting. Now, I can't say the same thing for the Silmarillion, I think. The Silmarillion is almost required reading for The Lord of the Rings, because while The Lord of the Rings is a good story in and of itself, once you have read The Silmarillion, you understand, one, a lot more of what Gandalf has to say. <laughs> Gandalf becomes an intelligible character in a way that he's not in the books proper. Um, and you, you understand a lot more about why everything's happening and what's happening. It, it really does deepen your understanding. It's, it's not required in that you can't understand Lord of the Rings without it, but once you have read it, the story takes on a completely different light and feels like a very different work on the other side. And this brings me to, you know, where I am now. You know, I, I'm that kid who I love Star Wars and I bought all the like side books. Like I have the Book of the Jedi and the Book of the Sith and all that stuff. I love Star Trek and I have so many tech manuals. You, you have no idea. Like I've bought fan made tech manuals that have absolutely no bearing on the original story. I got into the FASA tabletop game because they called several of the books that they put out tech manuals. And then I found out, oh, it's part of a game and got into a game that way because I, I just I want more and more and more. I want to dig into the setting. I want to really root in and see all the moving parts and really in that that's something that I thoroughly enjoy in my fiction. And over the years as I've created various worlds, I've put a lot of that same work in in the world of the Ash Dancers I'm currently working on. I have spent a very long time developing the history for the world and the political state of the world and all of the different groups within it. And I, I have a lot of knowledge that is captured either in Scrivener or Aeon Timeline or both that is not reflected on the website. And I guess in a way that's kind of where I'm at in a lot of my processes. I find myself wanting to put these stories online. And that's that's where my modern understanding of a writer completely because when i was growing up this is my problem i grew up in an era before the internet i was in my 20s when i had my first real internet account and started exploring the world wide web for the first time and so a lot of my formation came prior to the internet and especially prior to the internet that we have now where it is so readily accessible that most people have access to it in a way that was nearly possible back when I first got on. And my other issue, and so my problem is I'm one person who does a lot of things. I have done so much artwork for this series that is not up on the website or anywhere for anyone to see. And I've written so many little things about this, that, and the other that are not up on the website. But it takes time for me to sit down and transfer the stuff from my Scrivener or Aeon Timeline or whatever I captured the idea in, usually one of those, and put them online in a way that is intelligible to someone, not me. I often joke about a lot of my notes for the setting that, you know, they have to be translated into human readable text before they'll make sense to other people because I've over the years kind of developed a shorthand with myself, which allows me to capture ideas fairly quickly, but without understanding that shorthand, 
which would take honestly a lot more time to pay up a guide that no one would read on how to read my shorthand you know so it, it takes time to translate this stuff over so that i can share it with a larger audience and and by that i mean anybody outside my own head and i i debate very strongly with myself over whether that counts as writing timer i really do and i think that's one of the things that holds me back as an author and as someone who spends as much if not more time world building and who enjoys the art of world building and then plays in that world with my stories like i am a fan of tabletop role-playing game dungeons and dragons earth dawn um vampire the masquerade all that kind of stuff right so in a lot of ways what my personal fiction has become for me in a way is developing that game world that i can tell a story in and that's kind of how my brain operates is i start thinking of these interesting elements of the world and those interesting elements of the world lead to characters that then lead to stories and around and around the cycle goes and that's a lot of my own creative process and i think it would be fun to share a lot more of that in a humanly readable format on the web and you know over at ashdancer.com and you can see that i've shared some of it over there there is some up over there because i keep going back and forth on not necessarily whether i should i really want to be posting that fiction over there all those little side stories and everything over there it, it's more a matter of how to do it because i have yet to find tools that allow me to make a website that has the free flow that something like this would require and i've looked at world anvil and i really enjoy the tools that they put together and i've thought a lot about just putting it up over on world anvil but it's not exactly what i want and i also being an indie writer one of the things that is kind of born in you when you first start down the path of being an indie is this idea that you want to have ownership over your own creative content and so the idea of building all of the stuff to feed into their system, it, it's a little disconcerting for someone like me. Not that I'm not doing that with my own website, which, again, hosted by someone else because I got frustrated with self-hosting after a while because I was spending more time writing, rewriting plugins and all that jazz than I was actually writing content for the site because... I, I fall down rabbit holes really easily that way. I don't know what this kind of a world would look like when presented on a website. And I haven't seen any examples that thrill me that I, I see and I go, yeah, that's it. That's the kind of thing that I want to do. Like I said, I've looked at the tools that World Anvil has, and I don't think that they're bad. And I think if you're coming up with a world, they might actually be good, especially if it's your first world. They, they ask you to input a lot of different things that you may not have thought about making for your first pass. Having said that, you know, I, I don't like giving up control over how the information is displayed. Again, see definition of an indie writer, right? Um, and so the real question for me is how much time should and could rationally be spent building a website in which all of this information is built and what that should look like. And does that count as writing? 
See, before the advent of something like Patreon, I never would have thought that that would be a valuable use of my time. And that's actually the one thing that held me back the longest from doing this, like with my science fiction series. There's so much. I, I probably wrote seven, eight, nine, maybe even ten times more words that are not in the books, just world building stuff, than what was actually in the books. But I made my money through selling the books. Now with the advent of things like Patreon, that opens the door for being able to make a monthly income by just generating story, be that on the website or through a novel, novella, short story, what have you. And that for me is a game changer. And it's a very interesting sort of game. I do apologize for kind of having this conversation out loud, but it's one that I've had with myself on several occasions. You can kind of hear echoes of it on previous episodes because it's something that I do think about way too much. What does fantasy fiction look like now? I mean, there's a big part of me that says that it looks the same as it's always looked, and that's the novels, getting the books done, getting the books done, getting the books done. Well, if my main interest is finishing the trilogy that starts with Crucify My Love, which is kind of my main interest, then shouldn't I be spending my time building that book and building a website to support it? That makes sense to me. It maybe shouldn't make sense to me, but it does. Because the world, I don't know, I, I'm having kind of a weird field of dreams moment where I feel almost like, you know, build it and they will come. Maybe my current audience, my current readers aren't interested I don't know, let me know, in having all of that ancillary information available for them to peruse at their own pace and really get lost in. But when I think of a lot of, you know, my experiences of story and my favorite things about story is going into those source books and into, like, with Star Trek, like I said, the tech manuals, I, I have so many books that are maps of the cosmos, according of the galaxy, according to Star Trek, and where all the planets are, and what happens on those planets and little details and planets that aren't even in the series and all that. And I really enjoy going through all that. That's kind of my, that's my favorite thing about a franchise. And I think that that's something that I would really enjoy doing as a writer is offering an entire world for people to get into that has novels and has all of this side material as well. Because... A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, I read a wonderful book called Rework. And don't get offended by this statement, but one of the things that they talk about in that book is turning your trash into treasure, turning, finding ways to market your trash. And while my world building is not trash, it is kind of the flotsam and jetsam of my craft because it's, it's something that I spend a lot of time working on for myself and not sharing with the wider world so nobody else gets to see it nobody else knows that i since i decided to go with kind of a japanese model for a lot of the spirits so if a tanuki which i know in japanese means raccoon dog but if a tanuki spirit is the spirit of a raccoon dog and that these are connected in kind of this animistic way then if I'm going to throw something like a carbuncle in, then a carbuncle has to have a real-life animal, non-spirit antecedent that it's related to. And I've actually taken a lot of time and care to build that out and 
I think one of the more interesting aspects is I've based it on an actual creature that really lived in the real world that went extinct a long time ago. None of that's necessary for understanding the story. And that's where this novelist mindset has really been, you know, killing me over the last couple of years. Because as I learned to be a novelist, I learned to focus my fiction and only share the things that I thought were 100% integral to the story. And that has been for both good and ill. That worked very, very well in Shine Like Thunder, but it did not work as well with the chain because people had a lot of questions that I knew the answers to, but I didn't feel like it moved the story forward, and I spent way too much time focusing on moving the story forward than I should have. And one day when I go back to that setting, I'll probably start with a rework of that book and moving forward. Having said that... <laughs> You know, I, I really feel like this is, you know, the brave new world of the internet. There are so many wonderful stories out there that have been built in this fashion of just kind of creating a world from the SCPs Foundation to, other. you know, I'm not going to go through a long list because we'd be here forever. And I think one of the things that we should be thinking about as fantasy authors is what does it mean to actually build a fantasy world? What does it mean to build a fantasy and yeah, for a lot of us, it's they want to be the next J.K. Rowling, they want to be the next J.R.R. Tolkien or George R.R. Martin or series of letters followed by last name, C.E. Dorset. Hi. Um, which I'm glad I went with because, you know, it, it fits me very, very well. But I think we also need to think about the new world that we are inhabiting and how that world building can be a thing in and of itself. And have a life in and of itself and a value outside of just what it provides us for the book. And I think we need to be careful about what we share and when we share it so that we're not building spoilers into the setting. But one of the nice things is it provides more information for people who are interested in the stories that we're putting forward to dig into the setting and be able to maybe find solutions for themselves. It's an interesting conundrum and it's something that I don't see a lot of people talking about, especially in writer circles. And this is why I did not want to create a writer's podcast and why I wanted to be talking about story and things that I love and things that I enjoy and music and everything to have a non-reader, a non-writer, a reader, you know, audience here. Because when writers start talking to each other, it becomes shop talk and what writers talk about is how to sell books because books is how we earn money. Well, it's kind of a stupid way to approach things. And I admit that right off from the top, making money has never been my biggest concern with my fiction. It's, it's sharing the world, sharing the characters, sharing the stories. And I wish more writers had that point of view and perspective. It's one of the reasons why every story that I write is released under Creative Commons license, because I would love to see other people take up the stories and take up the setting, and I'd love to see what I make of it. Maybe that's the necessary next step for someone like me, who is really playing around with this idea of setting as story, allowing myself to have my cake and eat it too, that I should be putting aside time on a regular basis to build up the website and to find ways to tell the stories there that I want to tell. Like, for those of you who have been reading the books, you'll notice that there's an incident referred to as the withering period when magic in the world went crazy and a lot of people died. 
And I, I actually have a lot of stories that I would like to tell about what happened during and after those events, which were a couple hundred years prior to story start. And maybe that's where building up a website would be a smart idea. I know, I, I, I'm kind of putting it out there as a, what do you guys think? What do you all think about this? Because just because I don't see other authors doing it in a similar way to what I have in my head, doesn't mean that it's a bad idea. It may mean that I'm one of, you know, doing something more novel. I hate thinking because usually if people aren't doing something, they're not doing it for reason. And then you discover that reason and then you go, oh, yeah, that's why people don't do that. But I think it's a topic that we should be talking about, especially now, like I was saying, with the advent of things like Patreon and the ability to accept donations directly through the site a donation button on all websites where you can just if you have five bucks and you want to give me five bucks and you don't want a recurring charge you can five bucks um not that you have to but if you want to hey i'll take it um, <laughs> it would alleviate my anxiety some but maybe maybe the product mindset that fantasy has always been about because we didn't have any way to consume this material without it being in a book form. I mean, even the stuff that I'm talking about, somebody put together the worlds of the United Federation of Planets or the Star Trek The Next Generation Engineer's Manual or the various tech manuals or strategic manuals that I've bought over the years. Somebody had to collect all of that up and put it into a book in the first place or none of us would have access to it. And so because my experience has always come through books, I've always thought about this process as, well, I need to just write a book about the ecology of the world and then find out a way to put that online. I don't think that that's the right way for to be thinking about this any further. I think we need to be exploring the mediums that are open to us now as far as what we could be doing with podcasts and what we could be doing with audio dramas and YouTube videos and just building stuff on a website. I think there's a lot of options before us that we haven't taken the time to really play with in any meaningful way. And I want to encourage all of my world builders out there, whether you're doing it to write a novel or not, Artifexian, one of my favorite world builders, and check him out on YouTube, is doing it just for the sheer joy of building worlds. He just loves it so much. And I get a thrill out of it every time I watch one of his videos. But that storytelling in a very different medium and in a very different way and in a way that wasn't available when I was. And I think that's the problem that I keep running into and why I keep joking that I'm just old. My mind hasn't wrapped around this brave new world that's in front of me. And I hope yours has. I'm curious what you think about any of this. If you have any suggestions, thoughts, anything really, you can hit me up on my social media over at projectshadow.com. I've got links to everything, my Twitter, my Facebook, all that. It's all there on projectshadow.com. If this podcast has meant anything to you, <laughs> definitely give it a like. Um, rate us and rate me and rate the podcast in whatever podcasting engine you use, whatever, however you listen. If you that really helps out a lot. Thank you to everybody who's been sharing the podcast. It really does mean the world to me, especially when I see your really nice comments about it. That that makes it worth doing, especially on days like today when my depression is flaring up and all I want to do is curl up in bed and not do anything. It is why I say guilt me into doing things. Knowing that you all are out there, I'm here opening up and talking to you. And that is progress in and of itself. So if you want to support with money, 
um, when whatever podcasting engine you're listening to me on, you can you'll see in the show notes a link that says support on Anchor. If you click that, you'll be able to give it the one, five, or ten dollar level. I have no say over the levels, but that would help me out a lot. Um, if you want to support everything that I'm doing, since I've been talking about my Patreon, you can head over to ProjectShadow.com and there's a, you'll find a link to my Patreon right then and there. I'm C.E. Dorset on Patreon, patreon.com slash C.E. Dorset. You can give over there and that helps with everything that I'm doing. Thank you so, so much for your listens and everything. If you have an idea that you would like me to talk about on the show, feel free to let me know. And if you have any comments, you can always download the Anchor app at anchor.fm and through it, after you follow me, you can actually leave one minute voicemail messages for me that I can then use on the show. So if you have comments or a topic suggestion, you can leave it there. Thank you all so much. It means the world to me that I'm not just shouting and and on days like today, I, I really need to feel that way. So thank you all. And as always, remember to have the... Bye.